0: You're listening to Building the Village, a show that focuses on how different villagers are making an impact in the villages where they serve. Each episode features insights and practical strategies that you can use to motivate teams, mentor individuals, and maximize time and talent. I'm your host, Dr. Brandon W. Jones, founder and speaker at B. Jones Speaks LLC. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome, everybody, to the 13th installment edition episode, whatever you want to call it, uh, of Building the Village. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Dr. Jones, and I'm super excited because I've got the always lovely and wonderful and magnificent, the super girl boss herself, Mrs. Chelsea Evans. Chelsea, how are you doing today? I am doing
1: so good today. It's a fabulous Tuesday. And the sun is shining and the weather's not being disrespectful. So I'm excited about that.
0: Listen, hey, if y'all can't see the video, but the hair is popping, okay, y'all? It's, it's, Black, Girl Magic all, it's Black Girl Magic all on the screen from the hair to the earrings. It's yeah. going down. <laughs> Listen, I'm super excited to have you on today, Chelsea. I've, I've been waiting on this conversation for a while now. And so yeah. but before we dive into uh, the heart and soul of what we want to talk about, why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself? Tell them who you are, yeah. where you're from, and let them know the Chelsea Evans story.
1: All uh, right. All right, I'll let you know, I'll let you in on this um, the story of me, Chelsea Evans. Um, I am originally from Houston, and I've been in Austin for about 14 years now. I graduated from Houston, Chelsea University, the only HBCU in Austin, and mm-hmm. the oldest institution in Austin. Okay. Um, graduated there in 2012, and after I graduated, I was like, Austin is home. So I decided to live my life in Austin. And um, fast forward a couple of years, I meet my husband now. Uh, We've been married for five years. Um, um, Congratulations. 2016. And so, yeah, we've just been living, doing life in Austin. And all of the things that I have accomplished while being here is amazing. Um, I've written two books. I have to tell you the story about that. We have time. Um, of for my first book um, is titled God's Foundry, and uh, the story behind that book was that God told me to write this book years ago, back like 2013, and fear has always stood in my way. I've always been scared. Oh, like, oh, God is telling me to write this book, but I don't even know what to write about. Not realizing that I've always written in journals. I had so many journals where I just let my heart speak for itself or whatever I was feeling, I would write it, write it down. And I had all of these journals that could be a book. And so God was like, use the journals. This was in 2013. And I was like, no, I can't, I'm not ready. I can't do this." So years went on, still scared. And just, I let that dream go. I was like, I'm not, I want to write a book, but who's going to listen to me? So whatever. Twenty six twenty fifteen, Corlin proposed to me, it was December twenty fifteen. He proposed, and by January, I was moving forward with like the wedding plans. I had the venue, I had my dress picked out. I was gung-ho on getting things out of the way for my wedding because I was excited. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that moment God spoke to me. He was like, You have to stop you have to stop planning your wedding and write the book and publish it. Before you do any more wedding plans, so I immediately I had to stop. I couldn't do any more wedding plans. I had to focus in on writing a okay. book. So God's Foundry came out March of 2016, and my wedding date was November
0: 2016. Wow! So hold on now. So that was that was a that was a significant wait period
1: yes it was a very significant way <laughs> but again i had already done a lot in january so it gave me enough time to like focus in on writing this book and again i had already written i had journals full of stuff so it was just putting it on a computer and making it into a storyline and so with God's foundry i will talk about that God's foundry means you have to be put in the fire mm-hmm. in order to come out as okay. So when I think about God and, you know, his foundry, we are his workmanship. And in order for us to be, at, you know, to come out as gold, we have to be put in a fire. Like you have to be molded in the fire. And so God gives you these things to where you don't want to go through this stuff. Like, like Jesus, he didn't want to be, he didn't want to go through that. But nevertheless, he was up for it because this is what God was calling mm-hmm. him to do. God's okay. Foundry. God's
0: Foundry. So do you feel like the writing of the that book, the writing of God's Foundry, that you were going through your own kind of foundry experience to
1: write that? Yes. I, oh my gosh. I was going through a lot of things. Um, I didn't have the money, like I didn't have money all mm-hmm. the time. So it was like situations where I, yeah, it was situations to where, oh, I don't have enough money to pay for mm-hmm. rent. And this is what I had to go through or dealing with some boy that I liked and he didn't, I wasn't, I didn't feel good enough. I talk about that. So it's more of the encouragement of how to go about. Okay. Okay. Because everyone needs the help. And I, I like being an inspiration to people because I know my story is not for me. It's never for me. It's never about me. So it's more so, Hey, I'm going to talk about this because someone else, Is getting their card declined at a women's
0: conference?
1: Yeah, I talk about that in the book. I'm like, okay, this is my favorite story. So I talk about in the book. I went to a women's conference. It was at a church. Had was having a great time, and I wanted to buy a t-shirt. I was still, I was, I had just recently got out of college, and I wanted to buy a t-shirt from the women's conference. Good event, and my card declined. I'm like. What my card is declined, so I didn't have no money in that bank account, but I thought I did. So I'm sitting there like, first of all, I wasn't in Austin, so it was I was out of town. I think I was in Killeen. Yes, I was in Killeen, out of town, and my card declined. And I'm like, okay, well, I got to get back home. I'm gonna get gas. What I'm going to do? So I sit back down, and um this next thing that happens is that. um these praise dancers, they come up and do a dance, and they dance to um, uh, Amazing by Hezekiah mm-hmm. Walker. And I'm looking at them, I'm, like, crying because I'm, like, okay, God is still amazing. No matter what, this just happened. He's still amazing. Tell me why I forget that I had a $500 check <laughs> in my purse. Chelsea. I was sitting there crying, and it was like looking your like God, oh, looking your purse. Goodness. I literally forgot that I had that check in my purse while the song was playing. God mm-hmm. is amazing; he is so amazing. Chelsea, I kid you not; I can't even make this
0: up. <laughs> so you, so you, in the middle of trying to get a book together, <laughs> plan a wedding, also having a you know a, an ex, a common experience yeah. because folks. Folk, you know, folks go through that. We've all been, there. you know, a lot of people that whether we want to admit it or not, we we've been there. Mm-hmm. And the not, I won't dare undermine it. But the miraculous happens because yes. sometimes remembering is the best form of a miracle we can get. Sometimes,
1: right? And how did I forget that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I ask okay. that all the time, like, why? But God knew that would happen, so it was reminder, right. like, here you go.
0: So you wrote a book about fear. You you wrote so you're writing about in the midst of overcoming fear. You write this book. Who are the people or the resources that are you know around you that inspire Chelsea to be like? Who, who's in Chelsea's village? That's just like how, who helped you get to this point? Because there's so much we got to unpack. I got I got to start there because I got to come back to that book too. Mm-hmm.
1: Like of course my family, sure. my mom. She has. She's truly a blessing to me, and I can't like I've learned so much from her. And of course, my dad for sure like both of them. Like I dedicated my second book to um to to those two, but I will talk about that later. But um, as well as my husband Corlin, shout out to him because he's yeah, <laughs> just he's a He's he cool, cool. He cool. He cool people. He cool people. I can vouch. You can vouch. Yeah, vouch for him. And then I have um groups like I have um I call them my lifetimes. They um we went to college together and we've been friends ever since. So they're not just friends; they're my sisters. And then I also have my tribe. Um, we do life together, and they're my sisters as well. Um, and of course, Epiphany got a shout out to Epiphany, yeah, Navy, out Epiphany. Dance Ministry. Um so. they are definitely a part of my village because I can't do anything without them. I also have other people like is I have a community I do mm-hmm. and I'm truly thankful because my village helps uplift me. They pour into me. They mm-hmm. motivate me. They 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 are I am I am who I am because of them. And I've learned so Absolutely. much from each and every individual. I can't name everybody, but of course. I have a lot of people like I have different friend groups that I can go to and call on. And that's a blessing. Well, let's stay,
0: let's well, let's stay there for a second, yeah. because, you know, earlier in the pre-show uh, c- conversation, we were talking about Austin. And right now, as we're recording yeah. this, Austin City Limits, not Austin City Limits, uh, South by Southwest. southwest. Yeah. I was like, clearly we are not going back in time. Uh, South by Southwest is going on. And, you know, it's just an incredible uh, space for creatives and people to just do amazing things. But the reason why I'm bringing up Austin specifically, and I want you to respond to this, is that for Black women specifically that I meet, and some that I've even had on this show, Austin can be a place specifically for Black women that is a struggle to connect for a bunch of different reasons, and all of them are valid. And I run into people at church, uh, run into people at UT, run into people in the community that are constantly like, man, where do black people at? Or How do black people thrive here? Can you respond to that as a black woman? From your perspective, How do pe- how can a black woman thrive in Austin, Texas?
1: Okay, this is how a black woman can thrive. She gotta be classy, bougie mm-hmm. and ratchet. Okay. <laughs> no, like that, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I had to I had to shout out that group. That's another group friend group that I have and if they listen to this and be like, what about us? We yeah, we call ourselves classy bougie ratchet because Okay, you okay be, you have to you know look the part and show yourself but then also be like oh I can be bougie and I can also be ratchet okay. too like it's okay.
0: Multifaceted.
1: Yes. You know you gotta educatedly okay. ratchet you know but, um, that's how you, so the way you can thrive is also getting out. You have to mm-hmm. get out into the city. The city is amazing. It's beautiful. And so a lot of people always say, well, where are the black people? And mm-hmm. I never had that problem. Like I said, I graduated from HT. I was always surrounded by the melanin, like everywhere. And so when mm-hmm. I, you know, left there, I also go to a black church too. Like we're we're kind of, we're black. Well, we're 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 black a little bit, we're black but we're open. We are right. very open to other um races, so it's good. But you have to get out there in order to thrive. If you're not doing certain events,
0: right? So when you talk about getting out there, you know, I've had I've had friends that I went to college with that have moved here, and some have moved away. Mm-hmm. I've had people that um. Come down. They move here, and it's like, yeah, it's, you know, I got this opportunity, got these great jobs, and then less than three months, they're like, yeah, I'm moving to Dallas, or I'm moving to Houston, and I'm like, where did you go? Who who have you spoken to? Yeah. And it's usually, oh, I, I don't know where to start. If you're a, uh, if you're speaking to uh, someone, a black woman who just moved to Austin mm-hmm. like a week ago, and she's like, I'm trying to get connected. Um, where would I start? And let's say that you know, let's say she's forty,
1: she's forty,
0: single. Okay. Where, where, 40 where, where,
1: where would she start? Um, first of all, she needs to go to a DJK Kelly event. That's yes. where yes. it is. So okay. that's my sis. That's right. her. DJK Cali. Um, she's official artist for South by Southwest, so I have to give her her props right now for sure. celebrating the sure. show. And so, if you just go to one of those events, like it's always a vibe is is basically you're just you're grooving and the music that she plays is for our ages like if you're 40 and single that's the spot to be like follow to see what she got going on but mm-hmm. another place another place is just let's see cuz it's really hard for me cuz I don't get out like I used to like people always think that I'm I'm always out but I'm really not not like how I was <laughs> when I was in college. This is nothing, but what's a good spot? Um, well,
0: let's start. I mean, let's start. Start with something. Um, what I like
1: to
0: what <laughs> We'll start with something like that's that that an introvert because usually everybody I run into is an introvert. I I, don't, I have yet to have met an extrovert that struggles to connect in this city. And I'm definitely. But,
1: and yeah. I'm a what they call it an introverted extrovert or something like that yeah. because yep. i talk you got a social battery shell. that runs out Even i get in my uh-huh. shell and i'm like there's this little bubble but as soon as you get to know me and get me out of that and start really? you know having conversations with me i just talk 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 so mm-hmm. what would i tell an introvert she needs to so i would tell her that she can also join like the facebook groups mm-hmm. like um there's um black austin There's business groups that you can get connected in for Black Austin Mm -hmm. or just Austin, period. And so once you find those type of events, like on Eventbrite somewhere, you go to those Mm -hmm. events and get out there.
0: And that's the thing that, you know, when Michael and Desiree were on, uh, shout out to them. They just had their baby, Antoinette. Congratulations Congratulations. to Michael and Desiree. Um, But, you know, Michael, Michael Ward said that same thing. They're like, man, you got to with Austin because it's so spread out, because there's so much, because there's so many people that Come to this city for different reasons you do have to put yourself out there and so yeah. I, I was just curious to see because for me I mean I'm super extroverted but I'm also married and I and, and I'm from the state of Texas so yeah. when I moved to Austin I already knew I was gonna live in Round Rock I already knew I was gonna go to Greater yeah. I already knew I was working for UT yeah. and i like and I know my personality well enough to know I'm like I'll figure it out right. now my wife on the other hand is like I'll get out there, but, you know, you're going to have to lead the way, because that ain't my wife's thing. She's right. like, if we stay in the house, I'm good. Me, I'm like, oh, no. I'm getting out. Really and fun. so, yeah.
1: Talk
0: to, talk to the folks a little bit about, because uh, we're on the heels of Black History Month, yeah. but it's Black History every day. day on, day. on Black show.
1: History. Okay.
0: What was that like attending Houston Tilton? What was that like?
1: An experience. It was definitely an experience. And, um,
0: Tell the folks that don't know, like, with Houston t- about Houston tillton about uh, being a part of the framily, uh, but also being at an HBCU in the heart of East Austin.
1: So that's the biggest thing. Like, we're centrally East Austin, and no one, like, back then, like, especially when I was in school, no one knew what HT was. I used to get upset because it was like, mm. I would say, Oh, I went to HT. What is that? Like they didn't know. And it's like this is the oldest institution in Austin. There's really a sign on 35 showing the exit mm-hmm. of HC and you had no idea what what it was. And so now these days, like Dr. Burnett, she is killing it. Out to for Dr. Her. And so with her, like she has expanded HC to where if someone says what school I went to and I say HT, they're like, Oh my God, you went to Houston Tilson. And they're they're pronouncing it right now. And I'm like, this is what we needed because HT truly changes those students' lives. Like when you graduate from HT, like that's your alma mater. Like you are a part of the family. And it's just something about being there. I was on campus um during homecoming, and it had been years since I stepped foot on campus and I really enjoyed it. I'm like, wow! It's it was a lot of upgrades. I was just excited because look at look what look what like this is how it is now, and you can appreciate a, a lot more seeing it the way it is now. As a graduate, I love, that.
0: I love hearing that. Now, what did you major in when you were at Houston Television? Business marketing. Business marketing. Okay. okay. And Carlin I, 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 I,
1: man, he was yeah. like, "You don't even use it. I don't." I don't. Ah, well, well. I mean, that depends. Oh, that depends the, on how you. Right. Do. Yeah, you're right. I I kind of use the marketing, my marketing skills. Yeah, I was like, I would
0: say you do because you yeah. also have a second book. Your second book, Balanced. Can we talk about that? Let's talk about Balance because you got because you said you were two, you was a two time author. <laughs> got to hear about this second yeah. one. What, what's the, tell us about Balance. What is that? What is that oh, all my about?
1: Gosh. Balance has its own story in itself. Um, okay. Balance is a 21 day guide to building generational wealth with your partner. Divorce is like real, and one of the main things why people get divorces or breakups in general. So, I'm not just focusing on just married people, this is off just couples in general. If you're seriously dating, this book is for mm-hmm. you. And so, the main focus is that when money gets involved, arguments start coming. That's when people start breaking up, and that's when divorce happens because. The money situations. So, mm-hmm. in um, this guide, I want I want my readers to focus on not just you know talking about their budget meetings and talking about their credit or talking about what they have going on, but also talk about your mindset because before you can do all of those things, you need to build on your mindset. You need to go from a um, scarcity mindset into a more abundant mindset because at okay. the end of the day. Nothing will change if your mind doesn't change. So throughout the whole beginning of the book, I talk about you can't keep saying um, you're living paycheck to paycheck. I mm-hmm. like we have to cross that out of your vocabulary, not vocabulary, okay. your like your phrases. Like, stop saying that, because the more you say it, the more it's going to come into fruition. So I talk mm-hmm. about, you know, having affirmations instead. And have okay. money affirmations. Like I have, one of my favorites is that I have money affirmations here. Okay, sure.
0: Need one. We are a
1: capable couple that can tackle all money obstacles. Hmm. So,
0: now, now yeah. Let, let me, let's let's unpack that because what you said, you said, you said some powerful stuff mm-hmm. there, and I don't. Want gloss over that. Because what you talked about was the the mind, when you said the mindset, this is the way we think about and approach money. Yeah. And when you talk about being in a relationship, we all come from families and backgrounds mm-hmm. and situations where um, those mindsets, paycheck to paycheck was either a survival technique or the only mm-hmm. thing we knew. Yeah. And then we come together and we bring that. Talk a little bit more about why these affirmations specifically around money as a couple. Yeah, a couple can be helpful because you wrote that for a reason. Yeah. You didn't just come up with a book and be like, I'm going to write money affirmations yeah. so I can make money. That ain't the only reason. That is you not know. the only
1: reason. And so, that the main reason is that if you change your mind in terms of what's coming out because yeah, if you're mm-hmm. reading things, if you're reading things and you're seeing it on paper, but not saying it out loud and speaking it out, mm-hmm. it it doesn't change the narrative of how you grew up. Because whatever's in your mind, you have to tackle those things. And so I like what you said about each each person brings in their own individual family dynamics for how they grew up in. And I talk about that Mm -hmm. in the book, too. Like, you're both coming into this relationship. And one person comes from a family that was, you know, penny-pinching and saving. And then you got another person that was like, oh, I'm used to getting all the things and I'm just going to buy stuff. Because I'm mm-hmm. the spender, and so it's just that dynamic that okay, when we come together, we are capable. Of, we are capable of handling and tackling all the money obstacles that comes our way. Like you have to speak that.
0: Now, for the aspiring authors out there mm-hmm. that are listening to this, what would you say you had to do to overcome that fear of what you said earlier? Who's going to listen to Ooh. me?
1: I have to be honest, I always still have that fear. I actually had okay. my, um, I've been doing a lot of podcasts. I've been a guest on, on a lot of different podcasts, but um, two weeks ago, I went to San Antonio and I had my first, I always say this may not be my first speaking engagement, but to me, getting mm-hmm. on stage, having a microphone and speaking, that's considered my speaking engagement. So that was my okay. first yeah. one I had and I went to San Antonio. And I talk about fear. And so I changed the narrative on that too. <clears throat> um, I say fear means to me, face everything and rise. Let me repeat that again. Face mm. everything Excited. and rise. So I, that's another thing I changed my narrative on because I know I'm going to have fear because I've uh, let fear cripple me for so long and paralyze me to the point where I just feel like I can't do the things I want to do or I build up anxiety on fear to where, you know what? I'm just going to face it and rise. Whatever comes, like whatever is scaring me at the moment, I must face it. I have to Mm -hmm. go through this thing. But when I do face it, I'm going to rise from it because I'm doing it scared. If you're afraid, just do it. I tell myself this, it's it's Mm -hmm. constant, like just do it, just do it, just do it. Because if you don't, if I sit on it, it's not going to happen.
0: So, so, you're not, so, so, y'all, so you this ain't a celebrity out here telling you this. This ain't okay, somebody, okay. you know what I'm saying? Okay? Like, this ain't somebody that is up there in Beverly Hills looking, recording this from right. their home studio. Like, you know, Chelsea, she just told you a couple years ago, her card had declined, Right. So this is that this is Chelsea gonna you're going to see eating it. in the same yeah. places you eat I'm telling you do it, scared. Where do you feel like Cause I, cause you, cause you said you're on the dance team at your church. Uh, you're, it seems like, and, and cause I see you every Sunday, basically, it's, you, I know you and Corlin are people of faith. How important has that been, uh, for y- your journey, um, as Chelsea Evans? Like how, how, how important has faith been? Cause it's just looking at your story and looking at the things that you're saying, I'm sitting over here, like this is a sermon. All of this is a sermon. How important has that been
1: in your life? The faith has been very important because, like I mentioned earlier, my story is never my own. And so just believing that I can be an inspiration to somebody and being that person that I might be the only Jesus that that person may see. And so that's how I walk. That's how I do my life, because I just want to inspire people to let them know that they're not alone and that whatever that they're going through. Someone else is in that same situation or has been in that same situation, and you must just look at it as, if, okay, I have to do these things because at the end of the day, I can't just quit. Because when you say, oh, I quit on something, mm-hmm. what are you truly quitting on? That's how I feel, and that's how my faith is, you know, built upon, because I know that God will not allow me to quit.
0: Now, you got two books. And um, you, you also you work in the city, uh, and you're an entrepreneur Ooh. as well. Was it always? Well, first of all, tell us about what you do as an entrepreneur, and then I want I want to hear whether or not was this always the goal for you. Was it always your goal to be the girl boss, the entrepreneur? Like talk okay. talk about so that.
1: So that's that's the thing. So um, I do a lot of I wrote I've written books. I, um, I'm co-owner of Foundry House Media, which is the company that me and Corlin run together. Um, I've just gotten into the mm-hmm. habit of saying that because I've always been like, oh, that's your thing. But once we get, got married and I realized like, oh, well, whatever money coming in, this is for our household and this is for our business. So yeah, this is my business too. So we, uh, we are a multimedia agency and we help different um Mm -hmm. we have our clients build on their brand and bring awareness to their brand so they can bring on more clientele to their business um i'm also um a credit specialist and so i help people improve on their credit Mm -hmm. and that has been truly a blessing Mm -hmm. to me because again these are the things that i didn't learn when i was younger or there's a lot of people who they don't know like don't use above your 30 percent credit utilization or your credit score is gonna drop, and so it's just those little mm-hmm. key things that I just want to share with people. And so I honestly never thought I would be doing any of this. I do work at a nonprofit called Jeremiah Program, and um, yeah, well, I work that. there, and I'm also helping women there as well. So it's all about my purpose. Mm-hmm. So even though I never, I never consider myself like I will go into entrepreneurship. It's still all working together for. I was about to say the uh, Romans eight twenty eight. It is still, it's still working to. It's for mm-hmm. purpose. I. You know what? That's right. It's still working. Everything is like, working because it's all falling under my purpose, and so that's what makes me to be the girl boss that I am.
0: So you out here I you, again? I gotta restate this. No, 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 no. Because, because I'm not. Because my thing is, what I don't want to do is mm-hmm. underplay or minimize that because that's important. Because I think a lot of the times, yeah. you know, I work in higher education, and a lot of the times, as a prof- as a profession, as an industry, uh, a- 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 and institutions, we often pigeonhole students into, all right, if you go if you major in engineering, you got to be an engineer, or mm-hmm. you you major in uh, you know chemistry, you got to be a chemist, and it's like you know in 2022. I tell students, it really does, unless you're trying to be a Supreme Court justice or a doctor or a nurse or dentist, I don't necessarily need you to have specialized in that for 30 years of your life. It's good if you can, but. I'm cool if my dentist actually, you know, was a a liberal arts major before they -hmm. went down the the pre-professional track. Mm -hmm. And so the reason why I'm really trying to really giving you the opportunity to emphasize that is because you said, you know, you were a business marketing major. You went and wrote two books. You're on the dance team at your church. You and your husband run a multimedia agency. Um not only that, but you just came from a South by Southwest event. Um, you know, you involved, you helping people with their credit. Like oh it's cool God. to be like, yo, i it's cool to just it's cool you see, to be like. Okay, oh, I'm dope. thank you.
1: <laughs> so that to my point, I've always tried to like, oh, this I'm doing a lot, but it's not building myself up. Like, where I need to I'm trying to work. I'm going to be better at that. And see, that's another reason why like people, you're not alone. You're not by yourself. You know, I might, I might exude this confidence about myself, but sometimes I, I lack in certain areas in terms of what I'm doing. And if I'm doing, if I'm considering as, oh, I'm doing a lot and I'm trying to hide behind it versus I'm doing this and this and this, and mm-hmm. I'm so proud.
0: You get it all scared. That like that might be the theme of the episode. You're, you're doing all of this scared
1: every single time. I don't I'm want doing people to. Every time I open my mouth, I'm doing it. Like sitting here talking to you, I get so nervous because I'm like, "Ooh, just ah. But one of the things that I do is you're I always great. tell myself, "Be yourself." That's it. That's all I can do is mm-hmm. be myself. Once I take out of the other things that might be boggling me down, and I just stay still mm-hmm. and be like, be yourself. And all those nerves just go away because I know how to be myself. No matter what, that's the number one thing I know how to do is be me. That's it.
0: Now, let's, let's unpack that because in society, sometimes being ourselves, especially as Black people, sometimes oh. being ourselves can be too mm-hmm. much for people. Help us with that. How how do you do it anyway? How do you do that? How do you be yourself scared? You showed us how to write a book scared. You showed us how to, you know, put yourself out there scared. How do we be ourselves even it's though it's nerve-wracking? Yeah, because that's another thing.
1: Like, you mentioned how my hair is right now. This is how I go to work. I will wear my Black girl mm-hmm. earrings, wear okay. my hair, in it's natural state. And I'm being myself because I'm surrounded by, I might be the only Black person in the room I'm okay with that because Mm -hmm. you're going to get me. You're going to get this melanin. You're going to get how my hair is because this is how God made me. And I have, no matter what someone may say about you, no matter how society views you, you have to do it scared. And so the way to go about that Mm -hmm. is practice. Like, you can't show up or you can't show up for yourself in a room full of people if you can't show up for yourself when you're by yourself, either.
0: What does that look like to show up by, for yourself when you're alone? Because it's because I, I think we get the idea of showing up for yourself yeah. at the speaking engagement, in the job interview, but when it's me at the apartment by myself yeah. in a new city, and I'm and I ain't met people yet, and I'm in, and I'm introverted. How do I show up for myself? So in that?
1: you have to take some time. I do a lot of journaling, but if journaling isn't for you then I also, this is going back. This is not going back, but this is jumping into body positivity too. Um, some people, yes. when you, some people don't want to show up from themselves because they can't even look at themselves in the mirror.
0: Mm. It's the
1: hardest thing. Or when they see themselves in pictures, it's like, I can't look at this. Mm. And so if you don't start there, Then you won't be able to go into those crowds and be this person that you want to be if you don't see that for yourself.
0: You opened up that yeah. You opened up that door about because you also are a uh, body positivity advocate. Why is why do you feel like that's so important? Because we're hearing that more and more, and I know that working at the university, I'm I'm hearing more language around this for good reason. Um, And so, why is body not only body positivity but Rep, the, the diverse body shape representation uh, for men and women uh super important yeah why is that so important
1: everyone's not happy with their bodies and you spend so much time wasting life not happy with your body to where you miss out on all of the good things about yourself and what your body can do mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and so it's just it takes practice it takes getting mm-hmm. up and actually doing it. In terms of looking at yourself, because that's the that's the main thing. Once you actually Mm -hmm. take time to look at yourself in the mirror, just look at yourself and then tell yourself, I am this beautiful person or God made me to be who I am. Just those simple reminders Mm -hmm. to help push past the fears of how your body looks and what you don't like about your body. Because for me, mm-hmm. I can't wait. I used to be that person to where I didn't want to look at myself. I wasn't happy with myself, and it got to a point where I had a mm-hmm. um, a trainer. I got my trainer, lost all the weight, I reached my goal size that I wanted, and I was still not confident. I was still hiding, mm-hmm. and it was like now, I'm I'm at this weight, and I'm happy about whatever weight that I am. Whatever, like that's how I feel. Whatever weight that I am, it's not going to stop what I wear. So I will wear a crop top, two piece swimsuit, and I'll be happy. But back then, when I lost, when I had mm-hmm. the gold weight, weight, I didn't do any of the things that I'm right. doing now. Quote, unquote. So it just helped me to remember that if I just love myself wherever I am, that's all that matters.
0: So you said you let, you let that, and some people do let, uh, let the, um, how they feel or how they look at I, themselves keep yeah. them from living.
1: And, so, and that's why I say when if you can't go to these events and be yourself, it's because you don't like how mm-hmm. you, you you're not liking yourself right now. So you're not gonna show up to an event because mm-hmm. you're worried about what other people might be how they looking at you, and they're not even looking at you at all. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of the biggest right. things right. That I will never forget. I was. Um, I will never forget the fact that I went to the beach. I was in Miami and I was wearing my little two-piece swimsuit for the first mm-hmm. time. And I got out there and I looked around and realized that no one was looking at me. No one cared. And so that's the thing mm-hmm. that we get so worked on. It's like, oh, if I wear this, everyone's gonna look at me. They're not looking at you. It's what you. It's how you feel inside. And so that is what stops you from moving. Mm-hmm. And doing the things that you want to do because you're worried about somebody
0: else. Thank you for clarifying that. Now, I may be reaching and tell me if I am. Do you feel like going but the fact that you went to an HBCU helped you develop that confidence and belief in yourself? And I have a reason for asking that. I really do. How
1: does like the UT students, how would they feel? Maybe.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, and I won't I won't say just specifically UT, but I'm thinking about every institution I've ever worked for. I've never had the had the privilege of being able to work at an HBCU. Um, but my grandmother's brothers and sisters all went to HBCUs and I've got several family members that do the same. And I I honestly Think There's a difference. I, I can honestly think that the conversations that I have with my students and yeah. my even colleagues, for example, that went to HBCUs, the confidence level is much different. And so that's why I said I may be reaching. But when I think about my interactions with students who attend HBCUs and my students who attend predominantly white institutions, for me, I have noticed that the confidence is Off the charts different, no matter what room these students are in. It can be Wall Street, and I've got examples of that. It can be in overseas. It could be on the beach in Miami. But the confidence level is different. (laughs) And that's why I was like, I'm listening to this and I'm going... You got the faith yeah. piece; that's huge. Yeah. You're married. Uh, you got a husband that loves you. You got a village of people that's around you. And I'm like, that's another. Can't really put my finger it on it. Is. Then I was like, there. You it know
1: is. what? I've that never too. thought of that. Yeah. actually,
0: mm-hmm. um, because we I wouldn't know. have to think about it, right? You went there. Everybody, like right, everybody, like, was confident, that, right? <laughs> for, the for the most part, part right? yeah.
1: Because at the end of the day, like. Just going to an HBCU, it brings something mm-hmm. about. It brings something out of you that experience. Mm-hmm. Like, like no offense to like PWIs, but it's just one of those oh, things wow. where it's just one of those things where you can't recreate something like that. And so it helps nope. you to build your momentum of how you want to go off into the world and. I never, I never thought about that. Actually, that's the. I don't think you're mm-hmm. reaching. Yeah. The, yeah. Okay. Well I,
0: well, I appreciate that because again, I'm, I'm, I'm just stating, and for my audience that's listening, you know, one of the things that I, reason why I brought that up was again, it's just it's an observation, and I'm just drawing the lines and the connections here, and I'm just like, when you've been in an environment for that amount of time, where. Everybody from the janitor to totally. the president literally are demanding excellence. And I've got to, I've even talk, I even talk about that in my dissertation about the environments. And when we set expectations, there's countless research that says students, if you if you set an environment and create an expectation, they're going to do everything possible if they know you believe in them. They're going to do everything possible to not only not disappoint, but to make sure they meet the bar you set. Mm -hmm. But that goes both ways. You set it really, really high. They're going to move heaven and earth to try to reach it. You set it really, really low. Once they feel like you don't care, they're going to do they just going to be like, well, you already think low of me. So when I hear you talking, the thing that um, I'm hearing is. You were like, man, I didn't have no choice no, but choice. to be confident cuz you got a president that believe in you, you got family and friends that believe, you got a husband that believe, but that but that college environment, that HBCU it environment, part. it, it did
1: something. And mm. that that was eye opening. That was that. good. That was very eye opening because you do have a valid point with that. That is not reaching. Because I also I picked that school because I wanted I didn't want to be looked at as a number. I want to make sure that my teacher, my professor Mm -hmm. knew who I was because I'm the person that if I need help with something, I need to come to you and talk to you and say, hey, I don't understand none of this. But what do I need to do? Like I needed that environment. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that's what helped build my Mm -hmm. confidence, too. Yes. The
0: small student, te- yeah, the, not only the cultural relevance, but yes. the smaller student to teacher ratio. I chose yeah. Abilene Christian for that reason. I wanted a small, I, I, in fact, most of the schools I applied to mm-hmm. were smaller institutions because I came from a big high school and I know I loved being in the room where yeah. my teacher knew my name, knew my story, knew my family. Uh, and I stood out now, not yeah. just because I was the black student yeah. in the room. So yeah, that actually made sense. Yeah. Okay. Chelsea, is there... just is there anything, before I let you go, is there anything that you want the people to know, or is there anything else that uh, we didn't get a chance to cover that you want to make sure that, hey, to everybody listening that's trying to do it scared or anything else like that you want to give to the people today? um,
1: I'm doing this scared. So I am rolling out the balance kits. And so this goes on with the book and it's for budgeting with your partner. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of people okay. have a hard time with talking about the budget or they don't know where to start. And when you bring another person in, mm-hmm. it can be scary and tension comes along with that because it's like, I don't want to talk about this or you're, I'm letting you in to my, like, whatever is happening, like my spending habits, basically. So I created this mm-hmm. kit. Mm-hmm. And so it includes like a stress ball for when your partner is like, you want to argue, but, you know, you have the stress ball to squeeze. So that way you're calming yourself down during the conversation. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have okay. the uh, notepad and highlighter to take down notes, to um, write down things that you need to achieve for the week. And to, you know, build up like, OK, if you your partner wants to spend on this or you want to save on something else, you're able to write it down and you both know what what's going on. Then I also have snacks in the mm-hmm. kit as well. So that way, if you need to take a break, eat a Kit Kat, you know, break. Or if you 100 grand remind you that um, you have a richer mindset and it's better than that um, scarcity mindset, then you also have payday because payday yeah. begins today by having more ways to get paid. And my favorite part about the, um, two of my favorite things, is I also have different, money affirmations is as well for you to have a reminder of where you're going and what you need to do. So it helps you to build on those affirmations and not have to come up with the affirmations on your own because sometimes that can be hard for some people too. And then I also have a two minute timer. Two minute timer is the game changer because it gives your partner a chance to talk without you having to interrupt them and you You can't interrupt them because the two-minute timer is not up. And so with that two-minute timer, it's the longest two minutes ever. Like, I'm not even going to lie to you. It feels like forever because Mm -hmm. your person has to do all the talking and you just have to listen. And you can't respond. Mm. So that's one of the Mm. things. It's, yeah. And so that is rolling out um, and working on rolling that out. How
0: can people not get in contact with you, but also find the kid, order some books? Where do we go? Where do we go when we want to connect with Chelsea? What do we do? Go
1: to my website. It's pinned, P-E-N-N-E-D, by bychels.com. You can also find me on Instagram as pinnedbychels. And then on Facebook, I am Chelsea Evans. And um. Yeah, you can find all those things on my website. And I would love to connect
0: with everyone. And we'll put all of that, that information in the liner notes uh, for this episode. Chelsea, thank you, thank you so much. Stick around because we got to do some post-show wrap-up items. But to everybody else, yeah. thank you, Chelsea, for coming and joining and blessing our audience. Uh, you all will be able to get in contact uh, with Chelsea because uh, we're going to put all of that in the notes for you. However, you get in your podcast. Uh, but thank you for tuning in. Yeah. We really appreciate yeah. you. We hope you enjoyed it. And Make sure you keep listening in because we got more excited. Please, 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 please. You get to close us out. I've never done this. I'm going to let you close us out. I didn't get a
1: chance to answer the do it scare, but what I would like to tell people is that once you do the thing that you're scared of, the world is awaiting for you to do that thing. And so there's somebody Mm. on the other side of your waiting period. So as you come to think about like, your story not being your your own, someone is waiting for you to do that thing that you're scared to do because they need it. And so I just want to remind everyone to just do it scared. No matter what it looks like, no matter what your bank account is saying, just do it. And you will be grateful that you did. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. There you go. Mm.
0: Mm. I'm going to drop the mic on that. Y'all have a good one. Chelsea, stick around. Everybody else, let that bless you. Let that bless you. All right, see y'all on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of Building the Village. To catch the next episode, be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, Spotify, and Stitcher. This episode was hosted and produced by me, Dr. Brandon W. Jones, and co-produced and edited by Morris Haywood.